hear me? Okay. If I mess up, don't yell at me. Welcome to the Village Church. Um, we're going to wish Amelia Nobles a happy fourth birthday. Happy birthday. So if y'all see her, wish her happy birthday. Um, I don't have a thing, so just bear with me. Um, so we have our Enter the Village class today. Um, for students and adults, they're going to meet in the Annex. June 18th is our Juneteenth community cookout at the church, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, Women's Bible study is Tuesday, June 21st at 5.30 at the church house. Um, the congregational meeting on June 19th after the worship service for the purpose of discussing the roles of women shepherds. Um, we do not collect offerings um, during the worship service, so there is a offering tray in the back, or you can mail it to our address at 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, Alabama, 35811. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> is that it? Oh. These are your announcements. Go yourself accordingly. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I, um, we're, we're about to sing songs, and I remembered um, the verse in it's 1 John 4, chapter 4, I believe it's verse 19, that says that we love because he first loved us. And so, um, let's meditate on that. We love because God, our Father in heaven, thought enough of his enemies to sacrifice his son so that we could be in right relationship with him. Because I'm not tossing my kids out there for anybody. We love, we are able to love him, we are able to love our neighbors, simply because he loved us first. So as we sing the song, I love you, Lord, today, meditate on the love of the Father. You are beloved, you are an image bearer, he loves you dearly. And we can think about that as we sing, I love you, Lord, today. If you would, if you are able and willing, please stand. Or take whatever worship posture is appropriate for you and sing this song with me.
Let's do that again. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you care for me in such a special way.
Our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 96, verses 1 through 6. Please join with me where it says people. You will find it on the screen um, as well as in your worship guide. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Amen.
name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Please join me in a um, prayer of praise to our Lord and our God. Father, just a few minutes ago, we read part of the call to worship, and it said, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. He is to be feared among all gods. Lord, we learn from Scripture that you alone are omnipotent. You have all power over all things at all times and in all ways. And Lord, this just boggles our minds, our human brains, to understand exactly who you are. But we submit ourselves to you, Lord. In fear and trembling, even, we submit ourselves to you. And we embrace your love, the love that you you shared for us by shedding your blood on the cross. We also learn that you are omnipresent. Your Holy Spirit is present everywhere. And your servant David wrote in Psalm 139, he asked an incredible question. He said, where can I go and where shall I flee? For, Lord, your spirit is everywhere at all times. And, Lord, we learn that you are omniscient. With you, all knowledge dwells. You know everything. Everything that the human mind has conceived or will conceive and develop. You know all things from the beginning of time until you choose to stop time here on earth. Lord, again, we submit ourselves to you. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll now focus our attention on the confession of sin, which comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Uh, and I'm reminded, as uh, when I think of my own youth, I was often told by the adults in my life to be be careful of submitting to peer pressure, to being uh, uh, improperly influenced by peer pressure. But one of the things I learned as an adult is that the peer pressure doesn't end with with childhood, with those teen years. Uh, and today, our passage uh, reminds us of that. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 2a, excuse me, we are told, do not be conformed to this world. So as as adults, as children, as youth, we are not to be conformed to to the world around us, to to their way of doing things. So please join me in silent confession as we consider this passage. Amen. 
and our assurance of pardon also comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 2, beginning and B. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen again. Our scripture reading for today comes from Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42 through 47. Now, a few weeks ago, (laughs) a few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Alex gave us some instruction for reading passages. And so just go through the steps with you and then we'll practice them. Uh, The reader will ask the congregation to stand if they are able. Then they will read the passage. And at the conclusion of reading the passage, state, this is the word of the Lord. And at that point, the congregation will say, thanks be to God. And you all will be seated. Okay, so our passage for the day comes from Acts chapter 2, verse 42. If you are able, please stand for the reading of the word of God. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done uh, through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. morning. I'm Davis Pierce, uh, one of the deacons here at the village, and I get the opportunity to um, explain, to have a ministry moment about uh, what the village church uh, does regarding benevolence and mercy and care. So the deacons are myself, Benjamin Powell, thanks, Anson Cook, and Oscar Hayes. And uh, the safety team, used to be security team, now called safety team, is under the deacons. And those are the guys that you might see passing out bulletins or in the lobby during the church and before church and after church and turning on the AC. Well, I have to do it today, but uh, unlocking the doors and uh, those kind of things. And so I just want to make the church aware of what happens uh, just in different cases of people looking for help or in need. Um, So we kind of have different policies for members and walk-ups or non-members. Generally what happens for walk-ups, so Sunday morning, say somebody comes to the church looking for help, um, 
the safety team member and the deacons are kind of the first point of contact for addressing that need. And, that, and that's what we want to do. Our desire is to help and we want to um, address people's needs and, and, and help them. We also want to invite them in, welcome them into our service and our congregation and um, help them more than just physically if we can provide uh, spiritual nourishment as well. So I uh, want a couple ways that we go about that. Um, we want to have, I think Josh Smith had a good idea of having some care packages up front. Uh, if people need non-perishable food or toiletries, those kind of things, if people uh, just walk up and need help. Um, so those, and then um, we have different forms uh, that kind of lay out our policy for that. But then also there's there's some discretion for, for different circumstances as it happens. Um, we also get people asking for help uh, through email or for contacting different members, and um, those are generally addressed also by the the deacons or the what used to be the mercy and care team, um, mostly Benjamin now. But uh, thank you, Benjamin. And uh, and and then we we want to direct people if we can, like if people help where we can, and uh, we have good relationship with HAP. Uh, and with Downtown Rescue Mission and different places, if we can direct people needing food or, or um, money for utilities or rent or something like that. Uh, and then um, we also are available. We, the church wants to be generous, and we want to um, to help, and we want to serve each other because we, we all need help in different ways, and we're all at different times. And uh, so we really want to be there for each other, too. So uh, for members, we, um, we're always here for, for everybody. So if you or anybody that you know, um, yeah, ask, ask for help. And uh, it's the worst to suffer alone. Um, so that is the end of the ministry moment. Um, I also have the pleasure of praying the prayer of supplication. So let us pray. God, we come before you humble. Um, we, we need you. Uh, we seek after you. We thirst for you. Our flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Um, we are here in your sanctuary. I pray that you would show us your power and glory. Your steadfast love is better than life, and our lips will praise you. We will bless you as long as we live. In your name, we will lift up our hands. I pray that your spirit would move in our hearts to, um, to quicken it, to awaken us to your spiritual life and truth and joy. Um, individually and as a congregation, uh, the Village Church would be awake to you and your spirit. Um, I pray for uh, a pastor that you would speak your truth through him. You would open our hearts to hear and understand. I do pray that you would help us to have a heart of, of mercy and of generosity that we would give to um, the, or this community, that we would help each other cheerfully and uh, with all glory to you. In Christ's name, amen.
God is good all the time. <laughs> Do you believe it, though? <laughs> Before I go into the service, I, uh, the sermon, I do want to go over some of the announcements from earlier. Uh, so uh, if you are a first-time guest or a regular guest inside your worship guide, you will see a QR code there. So you can scan it with your phone and and there you, you'll see a list of all of our websites, social media platforms, and there's also a first-time guest uh, form we would like for you to fill out. That's one way that which we allows us to connect with you as our guest. Also, um, uh, my Inner Village class for kids and adults will take place after the service. And we're also, as you see, we will also be having communion today as well. And next Saturday, we are going to have our Juneteenth community cookout uh, Reverend Lyle Lee will come and give us an announcement about that at the, before the benediction at the end of the service. So if you have your Bible, uh, please open it to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I've said once before since I started the sermon series that, that God's grace can be an unforced rhythm in our lives. It doesn't have to be, you know, some abstract theological term that you only read about in books and on blogs, on the website. His grace can be experienced in real time. Real time. And it only happens through saving faith in Jesus Christ and in the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, this current sermon series is trying to show y'all what, 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 what tangible experiences of grace can look like in your life. So here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to treat this sermon series like a reference book. What's a reference book, Pastor? It's a book used where you can go and get quick facts and, and information about a subject. See, the unforced rhythms of grace is your reference book about God's grace. So use it daily. So you need to reference the previous sermons in this sermon series. So if you haven't listened to them, I encourage you to go back. Reflect on those sermons. The rhythm of communion, dependency, adoption, and the rhythm of race, I mean, arrest and work. And as um, Brother uh, Marcus preached last week, the rhythm of freedom. It's your reference book. Now, today we're going to look at another rhythm of grace. And this rhythm of grace is one that is often unappreciated amongst Christians in, in America. Because we always see it as optional. It's the rhythm of community. It's the rhythm of Christian community. This will be a two-part sermon. So a part one and part two. 
The text would be Acts 2, verses 42 through 48. And both sermons have the same main point, the same main idea. The point is the rhythm of community looks like corporate devotion from the believers of any local church. The rhythm of community looks like corporate devotion from all the members of the village church. Say amen, Pastor. <laughs> Please pray with and for me. <laughs> Holy Spirit, as we transition in our service to the preaching of the Holy Word of our triune God, we need you. We desperately need you. We often forget that when it comes to our understanding of Scripture and when it comes to applying scripture to our life we cannot do that apart from you we can't submit to it apart from you we can't um study it apart from you something supernatural happens when when we're coming to the word it allows we we are asking the father to minister to our hearts and to our minds and so holy spirit our counselor our helper our advocate minister to us Young and older, Lord, everyone here needs Jesus. We never, we're never going to graduate from that. We're never going to get a degree from that. We're always going to be in the school of Christ for all the days of our life. And the Holy Spirit, you are a teacher. So teach us today. Teach me today. And I pray for all this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. The rhythm of community looks like corporate devotion from all the members in any local church. Well, what, does you, what do you mean by corporate devotion, Pastor Allen? Follow along and I'll show y'all. Many biblical historians and scholars believe the church was born late in late May 830 A.D. in Jerusalem with thousands of believers coming together. And this happens in Acts 2. This is when the promised Holy Spirit is given. And he uses Peter's sermon at Pentecost to give birth to the church. Look at verses 41 and 42 if you have your Bible, your, your actual Bible or the Bible on your smartphone. Luke says, those who received Peter's words were baptized and they were, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Luke is describing the response of the, of the Jewish people who repented, were baptized, and received the Holy Spirit. He says they devoted themselves. These early believers have a certain kind of devotion. An example of, of devotion can be seen in, in the life of Sonia Richards Ross. And some of you may know her. Sonia is a former a Jamaican-American track and field athlete. And I got this sermon, this illustration, an example from a pastor in Colorado. He says, in 2008, Sonia Richards-Ross competed in a 400 meters race in Beijing. She started the race strong. She built a substantial lead before locking up at the home stretch. So she finished the race third. 
But now, but later on in 2014, she competed in that same race in London, and she ran the 400 meters race. Four years, this sister waited. Four years, she waited with hunger pains of uh, unfinished business and, and a sense of an uncompleted mission. And when she was introduced as the winner of the 400-meter race in London, she, she blew a kiss to the camera, went out and received her gold medal. Just as Sonia Richards Ross was devoted to pursue her Olympic gold medal, the, the early Christians here next too, they modeled their own kind of devotion. It's a corporate devotion. And this devotion means to hold fast. It's to continue steadily. It's a steadfastness to, to a single-mindedness desire. You see, these early Christians continually devoted themselves to, to do something collectively, not as individuals. Okay? Now, they're, they're not, they don't approach this as, in, as individual people. They approach it collectively. They're persevering and having a corporate devotion. And that is to experience the rhythm of community together. That's what they're trying to do. That's why they come together. TVC, are we experiencing the rhythm of community in our church? Do we have a corporate devotion? Are all of us committed to being part of this church and doing life together? This church seeks to be a diverse intercultural community through the power of the Holy Spirit. But what does that mean, Pastor Alex? What, does, what do you mean by intercultural community? It's a community where people from different ages, ethnicities, economic status, and political views can do real life together. If that can't happen here amongst Christians, they don't expect the whole unchristian to things that you can't live up to. If you who are covered in the blood of Christ can't do it. Listen, y'all, there's, there has to be a, a corporate devotion from all of us in order for this to be an intercultural community, in order for that to be a reality, all of us have to be all in. Can't be half here and half there. We all got to be in. We all got to be committed to it, devoted to it, and sacrificed for it. Everyone gives up something to be part of the village church. And those of you in the members class, the elders should have told you that. What are you willing to give up? We ain't going to have everything your last church had. Because we're not your last church. We're the village church. So what are you willing to give up? TVC kids and youth, I have a question for y'all. What will eventually happen if you keep pouring, a, pouring water into an empty cup? Yes, y'all so smart. It's going to overflow with water. You see, the, you see, the people in Acts 2 listening to Peter's sermon, they come to, that, they come to listen as empty cups. They're empty. But their cups are filled when they come to saving grace and saving faith in Jesus. And there's even an overflow. Everything that takes place in, in Acts 42 through 47 is an overflow 
of the faith of these early Christians. It's an overflow. They're not gathering together just, hey, y'all want to just get together? No, it's an overflow of the confession of faith. Their new relationship with Jesus leads them to community. That's an amen statement. That means if I love Jesus, then guess who else you should love? His people. Can't say you love Jesus, don't love his people. Now, we know his people can get on your nerves, but they're still his people. Their relationship with Jesus, Jesus motivates them to pursue corporate devotion together. And the same can be true for all the Christians in this intercultural community. It's our relationship with Christ that leads this church to have an intercultural community. It's an overflow of our faith in him. Why do y'all think there's a cross at the center of our church logo? Why? Why do you think it's there? Is it there just because it, it, it looks good? Is it there by accident? That a purpose and a message is being communicated with that logo. Jesus is at the center of our intercultural community, period. And if you take notes, write this one down. Jesus is at the center of the village church. It's all about knowing him, enjoying him, and glorifying him. We're not at the center for the problem that we function like we are. You think people who leave churches always leave churches because of heresy? Some of them leave because they want to be at the center of everything and they're not. So they go to a church where they can be. So replace Jesus with self, and we all do it. How did you replace Jesus with your ethnicity and culture? Because we all do that too. My culture is at the center. No, my ethnicity is at the center. How do you do it with your gender and sexuality? We do that too. What about your marital status? What about your progressive and liberal politics? That, that got to be at the center, right? The day Jesus ceases to be the center of this community is the day we will begin to die and cease to exist as a church. Jesus is essential. He's important to, to be in our commitment to, to, to in devotion to an intercultural community. It's all, he has to stay at the center of the circle. Deidre Bonhoeffer in his book on Christian community says, only in Christ are we one. Only through him are we bound together. If you're coming here for any other reason than being bound together with us in Christ, then you won't be here long. If you're coming here because you're against what's happening in your other church, then eventually you're going to find something you're against here, and you're going to go to another church and repeat the same thing. At some point, you got to realize the problem may be you. However, if you don't know Jesus in seven faith today, well, today is your blessed day. Because you can. And at this moment, you can come to know him. You know, you're like, why, why, why does Pastor Alice always bring things back to the gospel? I got nothing else to offer you. <laughs> I mean, you want me to give you something more than Jesus? 
Acts 4.2 says, there is salvation in nowhere else. And in the Greek, that means no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given by which men and women can be saved. Do you want to be saved? Do you want forgiveness? Do you then confess your need of Christ? Repent of your sins and repent and turn from it. And that means you trusting and surrendering your life to Christ, resting on him alone. And when you do that, guess what should naturally overflow from that? It is a desire to be with his people. And this is and this is something that you can this is something how you can understand if you want to understand if you're growing closer and closer to Christ, do you love his people? Because everything goes back to that. If I can't love God's people, there's something about Jesus I don't understand. That's what you go back to. What is about him I don't understand? Because if you're growing in your walk with him, it's going to overflow to something. And one of the things it's going to overflow to is that you being part of a Christian community. You can't be a part of that community over Zoom and Facebook streams. Now, they have their place, but you've got to be with one another. It's a desire to gather with him. It's a desire to do life with other Christians in healthy ways. And this is not just for the adults. This is for the kids, too. This is your church. You can do life here. You can serve. Maybe one day, one of you grow up, maybe the preacher here. You never know. This is your church too. This is what is taking place amongst the early believers. They naturally gravitate towards one another. Can, can you think about it? As Christians in America, do we naturally gravitate to one another? It's optional. Because we have other things that we can gravitate towards. You see, they, they don't have to be guilted into joining with one another or shamed into it. It's not a program. It's, they don't need a ministry moment or a flock note. Now, I love flock note, but they don't need it. But it's an overflow of their faith in Christ that leads them to want to be with other Christians. It's an overflow. And furthermore, their, their, their corporate devotion to community isn't lip service. It's not just empty talk. It's not just, you know, emotionalism. They, their, their devotion is put into practice. It has feet and it walks. It has hands and it serves. It has a voice and it speaks the truth and love. You see, the early Christians in Acts 2, they actually cast the checks they write with their mouth. Okay? They cash them. And what does that look like? They have a corporate devotion to worship. Another amen statement. A corporate devotion to worship. Look at verses 42 and 43 again. And, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Can y'all see or even sense what's, what's happening these early believers, these, these, these early saints, they, they are devoted to, to worshiping together in their community. They're, they hold fast to corporate worship. They, they persevere in it. They make it a priority. And collectively, they show up and participate. 
Verse 48 says, we're getting to this next week, it says, they attended the temple together day by day. Day by day. How do y'all feel about worshiping with God's people in this church? You enjoy seeing one another. Are you glad when you see one another? Are you like, my goodness, here she comes. How do you treat corporate worship? Kids, how do you treat corporate worship? Are you here just because the parents make you come? Now, if you love Jesus, then you want to worship with his people. This is an opportunity for us to go to the Holy Spirit and ask him, give me a heart to want to worship with God, your people. Give me a heart to want to be with them on Sunday morning. A corporate devotion to worship is an overflow of relationship with Christ. Psalm 122 says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And our feet have been standing within the gates of Jerusalem. Can we be glad together? Can we be glad and grateful that we get the privilege to do what we do without fear of losing our life? We have brothers and sisters around the world who are being killed for doing what we get to freely do. So use the freedoms you have in this country to your benefit. Come to worship and enjoy it. Enjoy the presence of other saints. Hebrews 10 says, Let us consider how to stir one another towards love and good deeds, not forsaking meeting together, as as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as we see the day drawing near. Beloved, let's persevere together. Let's make it a priority together. We all, I want each of you to know, when you are missed, when you are not here. Okay? No one else can replace your presence in this sanctuary. Okay? No one can. I wish you could have a clone that can take your place when you're not here, but we, we don't have clones. So, when you don't want one either. Right? Take over your life. So, no one can replace your presence. No one can replace your voice during congregational singing. So let's hold fast to this truth that a corporate devotion to worship is one way that we can experience the rhythm of community at TVC. That's one way. And there's a question each of you should be asking yourself at this moment. And it's this. What does Pastor Alex mean by worship? What does that even mean? You, the late Eugene Peterson says, worship is an act that develops feelings for God, not a feeling for God that is expressed in the act of worship. Do you have feelings for God? I know we're like, why are you? You are an emotional creature. You do have feelings. You're not just an intellectual. You are emotional. And most decisions you make in life are more emotional, more so than intellectual. So we can have, you can feel God's presence. And it's okay. To show emotion in worship. Dr. Ross says, he's Dr. Dr. Alan Ross, he's a, he was, a, I think he still teaches at Beeson. 
in his book on worship, he says, Christian worship, whether individual or collective, is structured in ordered expression to the proper response of God's people to the revelation of God in Christ. It is your response to God. It's your response to what he is doing in your life. You are a worshiping creature. We all are. The point is, who and what are we actually worshiping? See, God is self-existing. And Elder um, Dennis talked a lot about that earlier in, in his prayer. We're not self-existing. We are dependent upon other things for our existence. And some of those things we end up worshiping. But none of them can save your soul. Only Christ. Only Christ. And TVC Saints, I don't know about you, but something supernatural happens when God's people gather together for corporate worship. Something special takes place. It does. And corporate worship here at this church is, is, to, is designed to be a worship experience that, that, that helps you to worship our triune God in spirit and truth. That's what we're trying to do here. That's what we're trying to do. Because he inhabits the praises of his people, right? So when we're worshiping, he's here with us. How many of you like Chick-fil-A? Raise your hand. What about that Chick-fil-A sauce, man? That's good stuff. I know. I know. Hey, don't be... Don't judge me. It's part of my illustration. I use Chick-fil-A because I know y'all eat it. When you go to Chick-fil-A, you expect them to serve chicken. And hopefully not to ever run out. You don't go to Chick-fil-A and ask for a two-piece snack with hot sauce. You don't do that. You don't go there to get a vegan meal. You don't go there to get a catfish plate or a cheeseburger. You go, when you order that number one combo... You are expecting to find a chicken sandwich and a fry in that bag. You are. You have faith that when you open that bag, there's going to be a chicken sandwich with a medium fry in that bag. You're expecting it to be there. And so when you enter a church building on Sunday, you should expect to see certain things there. You should expect to see certain elements there. And we see these elements taking place amongst the early Christians in Acts 2. See, these believers, they don't just have a corporate devotion to show up for worship. They have a corporate devotion to all the elements that take place in worship. That's another amen statement. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers together. First, they have a corporate devotion to the apostles' teaching and doctrine. The apostles' receive both their teaching and doctrine from Christ. It's the testimony of Jesus of Nazareth, his life, his death, his resurrection. It's the gospel. What do you think they're teaching them? They're not teaching them about circumcision. They're teaching them everything that they had learned from Christ, from his three years of ministry. So they're giving them Jesus. Just like each week, I'm going to give you Jesus. Acts 4.23 says, with, great power, with, the, with the great power of the apostles were given their testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're sharing it with them. 
And these believers are joyfully setting under this teaching and preaching of the apostles. They receive their, this doctrine and with glad hearts. They have a corporate devotion to the preaching of God's word, to hearing God's word, and they submit to it. What about us? What about us? What does this element of corporate worship mean for TVC? First, it means sound teaching, preaching, and theology will come from this pulpit each Lord's day. Every week. The whole counsel of God will be preached. Not in one sermon because you'll be here every day. The Old and New Testaments will be preached. Reformed theology will be preached. If you have questions about that, we can, we can talk about that later. The gospel of Christ will be preached every Sunday. You're going to be preached so much, you're going to get tired of it. But I got nothing else to offer you. Second, this element means the songs we sing will also have sound teaching, sin theology. Even the songs that are repetitive. Even the songs that are repetitive will have the same thing. We will sing songs that engage your heart and your mind. Worship engages both. Worship is just not intellectual, okay? It's also emotional. It's supposed to engage your heart and your mind. And that is our aim each Sunday, to engage both your heart and mind. Now, what about our worship style? It's intercultural. It's mosaic. This means we were saying black gospel songs, hymns, and Christian contemporary songs. Remember, everybody gives up something to be part of the village church. Everybody. This is who we are, and we will not have a worship war. This is what we do. And now what does this mean for y'all? I just said this is what it means for the church, but what does it mean for you as individual members and, and corporate members? It means allow me as your pastor to preach God's word to your hearts and minds. Allow me to be your pastor. Okay? John Piper ain't your pastor. Okay. None of the, the TDJs ain't your pastor. I'm your pastor. So if you have questions about something, you come to me. You don't know them. They don't even know you. I'm your pastor. So allow me to speak into your life. You know me. You don't know him. But you should know me. I'm your pastor. Second, it means showing reverence and respect when God's word is read. That's why we're standing now. Because we want to show reverence for when the word is read. Not just when it's preached, but when it's read, we want to honor it. And third, it means you have freedom of expression in worship. If you want to say amen, say amen. If you want to raise your hands, raise your hands. If you want to clap, clap. If you don't want to do any of those things, that's fine too. Move how the Spirit moves you. Move how he moves you. The second element these early saints are committed to, it says they're they're committed, they're devoted to the fellowship. Now, what does that mean? Is this like hanging out or social gatherings? This is the communion of saints. Have you thought about communion of saints? There's been an element of worship, an element of community. It is. It's a means of God's grace. The Heidelberg Catechism, question 55, asks, what do you understand by communion of saints? Listen to these answers. First, that believers, one and all, 
as members of this community, share in Christ and all and in all his treasures and gifts. You know what that means? We are equally in union with Christ. None of us are more in union with Christ than the other. We all have the same thing. We're all God's favorites. Sorry to disappoint some of you, the older kids. You're not his favorite. All of us are. Second, communion of saints means each of us should consider it a duty to use their gifts readily and joyfully for the service and enrichment of other members. But what does that mean, Pastor Alex? It means when Tiffany comes and asks you to serve in the nursery, you may need to consider serving in the nursery. That's what it means. That we use what God has given us to edify the church. Christianity in America has a tendency to be consumer. And you just show up and consume. But that's not Christian community. Christian community is, how may I serve this community? And in serving, you are ministered to as well. Third element, they are devoted to the prayer. Luke calls it the prayers. These are the prayers that, that are offered during corporate worship. As you know, we, are, we have a lot of prayers in our service. And again, that's not by accident. Because what is Christian prayer? prayer Christian prayer is, is prayers offered to God in a spirit of humility. Because when we're praying corporately here, it's us acknowledging to God that we need you. You see, before we start doing live stream, we used to have congregational prayer where people could take turns praying. I miss that. Well, I open the floor up and anyone could pray. Because, when, because we're acknowledging to corporately that we need God. And I don't know about you, but hearing other Christians pray, it ministers to me. It encourages me. What about you? So in our service, we're going to have all kinds of prayers, prayers of adoration, Prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of, um, uh, uh, of praise, prayers of confession and repentance, supplication and intercession. Each week they will be here. And even once a month we have a corporate prayer, prayer gathering that Sister Emily's. So you can come there on, in the sanctuary over Zoom to be part of our corporate prayer service. Once, the second Wednesday, right, of the month, right here. You can be a part of that. And the good thing about that is you get to also see other Christians. Finally, there is a devotion to the breaking of bread. And no, it's not going to Chick-fil-A. Just breaking of bread is referring to the Lord's table. Because, again, communion is an element of worship. It's, a, it's, it's how God ministers to us, one way he ministers to us and strengthens us spiritually. And this meal was instituted by Christ himself. In Mark 14, Christ said, said to the disciples, as they were eating, he took the bread and having blessed it, he broke it and gave it to them saying, take, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and, and they all drunk of it. And he said, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the day I drink of the new with you in the kingdom of heaven. 
That's the Lord's meal. That's, this is a side note. Jesus has a table prepared for you, and he ain't going to eat it, food, until you show up. So that means Jesus longs to be with you just as much as you long to be with him face to face. Think about that. Think about that. Communion proclaims the Lord's death. It's a way that is done in remembrance of him. This juice and this bread that we're going to receive, it does not change into the body and blood of Christ. It's not going to transform. We're not going to physically eat his body and drink his blood. Jesus' presence in communion is completely spiritual. And it's for our spiritual nourishment. And it's an important aspect of corporate worship. And so, saints, take a look at this table. And we're going to put our corporate devotion to the Lord's table into practice. We're going to partake of the meal. Friends and neighbors, if you don't know Christ, thank you for being here. And I ask that if you have questions about what it means to be a Christian, see me or one of the elders after the service. And we will gladly sit down with you and, and share the good news of Christ with you and share with you how you can come to saving faith in him. Adults, we ask that the kids with you abstain from the elements until they have been invited to the table by the, by the church that you are a member of. And TVC kids, I encourage you, definitely those of you who have not made a profession of faith, watch and observe what we do. This meal is a reminder that Christ loves you, that he died for you. And, he, and, and that's real. That's not a Disney movie or a fairy tale. He died for you, and he rose again for you. And it's, my, and it's my prayer as your pastor that each of you will come to save in faith in Christ. And here's the thing. You don't have to understand everything to come to faith in Christ. There's some things you just ain't going to understand, and that's okay. Cause what, so your parents and your grandparents, they're all praying for you. I'm praying for you. And one day, when you come to saving faith, you're going to get to partake of this meal with all your family here at TVC. Let us pray. Lord, as I head, as, I, um, as we go into receiving these elements, I pray that you will bless them, your people. I definitely pray for those here who don't know you. I pray that as they observe the Holy Spirit, even now the gospel will be ministered, shared with them. That you will be tugging at their hearts, pulling them, calling them, wooing them to Christ. And I pray for those of us who are dealing with different issues, medical or spiritual, that you will use this meal to minister to us, to our grief, to our stress, to our frustration, our mental health supernaturally moves spirit I pray for all this in Christ's name Amen the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed sorry I already broke the bread he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me and in the same manner he also took the cup and having given thanks, he gave it to the, the disciples, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Drink from it, all of you.
I'd like to ask the elders who are helping serve to come forward. And if you would like to receive a pre-packaged communion um, cup, just keep raise your hands and the elders will make sure you get one. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. It's always 
Thank you, Patience T. And now here's the blood of Christ shed for all your sins, past, present, and future. Drink from it, all of you. Will you please stand, saints? and true. You guys look beautiful this morning. Uh, thank you, Pastor Alex. Uh, thank you, Pastor Alex, for a wonderful message and for continuously, uh, faithfully leading, leading this congregation and to our dear sister, Patience, for uh, leading us in worship. Uh, this is something that I'm not that good at with technology, but we're going to try it. I'm about to talk for about 30 seconds. Before I get started, if you have an iPhone, I think you can do this thing like you can turn an airdrop on. 
and I can send you a picture just randomly. I'm going to see if it works towards the end of this conversation. But right now, just go ahead and get your iPhone out. Turn your airdrop on. <clears throat> so I'm here to talk to you all about, well, I guess what we're calling the third annual Juneteenth cookout. All right. Uh, now, in the past, uh, we have simply done the last two years a drive-through style uh, due to COVID precautions. Uh, and during that time, many uh, church members would come and volunteer their services and hang out while we fed people, while we prayed for people. It was just a, a really awesome, uh, sweet, beautiful time. And what happened was I got bored. My only summer that camp was virtual, and I bought a grill and said, I can feed 250 people. And uh, thank God that Alex and uh, Pastor Alex and other people said, you probably will need help with that. And they volunteered our services. I would not have survived that first summer. And uh, what has happened from that is Birmingham Theological Seminary, uh, where I am uh, currently a student and professor, uh, and the Village Church under under the leadership at that time of uh, Pastor Alex and Amos, uh, said, we want to help sponsor this. We don't want... Uh, you to simply rely on donations in case you don't make enough donations uh, for the cause, and I didn't. Uh, and so this year we're doing it on the church grounds, and so it won't be drive-through style. We will hang out, we will serve people, uh, we will serve this community and first responders that come. Uh, and once again, we hope for it to not just be a time of eating food and hanging out, but for it to be a spiritual time as well of prayer and uh, pointing people to Christ. And if those of you all that followed the last couple of years, you've seen pictures of, of people going to cars and praying for people and people handing out uh, prayer cards to people and letting them know that God loves them, that Jesus is there for them. And so uh, that is that is uh, what's going on. And there are three ways to serve. And I had it at four, but then I, I remember we're in the Presbyterian Church. And so uh, I got three ways. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that we're going to serve, uh, that you can serve this summer. Um, one is to sh- simply share the information, okay? So on your social media platform, if you could, you can take a picture of the flyers that we have in the foyer. Uh, the church is going to post pictures of the flyer and announcements. You can copy that picture from the social media websites. Or, let me see if it works, I can airdrop you right now. The flyer, we're going to see what if this what this looks like. I got three people. Okay, okay, four. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to tap your uh, tap your name or your phone, and you all you got to do is accept it, and it is working. All right, you know what? This is a lot more people than I thought, so we're just going to leave your airdrop on, and I'll send it after I get finished with the announcement. Hey, Madison, I got it to you. Look at that. All right, so uh, I'll check airdrop again later. Uh, so th- that's the first way is to serve through sharing information. Another way that we're sharing the information other than socially uh, over social media is that we're can- we can also hand out flyers um, today at five. Yes, no, maybe so. OK, today at 5 p.m., we're going to come together at the church and we're just going to walk the community, introduce ourselves to the neighbors and hand them a flyer. If no one's there, we'll put it in their mailbox or uh, in-, in their screen door. Uh, and then you can also take a few of the flyers if you want to post it at your job, let people know. Uh, but just let everyone that you can know that you're, they are welcome to come. They can just grab a plate and leave, or they can hang out and enjoy some music and conversation. The second way that you can, um, that you can serve 
is to either donate or give friends opportunity to, to donate. And Cynthia will send a link out. Uh, once again, this isn't something that we're asking or needing anyone to do. We're not saying if you don't donate, this cannot happen. What we're doing is giving people the opportunity if they would like to donate because between myself, the Village Church, and Birmingham Theological Seminary, everything is going to be covered. But if you want to have that, that, that special op- uh, opportunity to serve, then we're giving you or your friends you may have that opportunity. And again, that link will give you ways you can do that. And then lastly is by coming on June 18th. All right, It is uh, traditionally celebrated on June 19th, uh, but since it's become a federal holiday, those those days that are following a weekend would probably be celebrated as it will this year on that, that following Monday. And so obviously some of us will be working probably still and we won't be able to make it. So we're celebrating on that Saturday, the day before Juneteenth or June 19th. So Saturday, this Saturday, June 18th, you can come and you can help set up. You can help serve. You can help pray for people. You can just help by smiling and telling people about the church and inviting them to come the next day to worship and again another link will be sent out by Cynthia for you to sign up uh, both are sign up geniuses on how you can serve through uh, June 18th the actual day so that is uh, my announcement uh, on this pray for us pray that things go well pray that uh, God smiles on our time uh, the good news is that the forecast is going to be sunny the bad news is they oftentimes miss the weather here, and so it's probably not going to be sunny there. So uh, pray for us. Thank you all. All right, beloved. So we're going to now have the benediction. So will you please stand? The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you, and may love be with you all. Christ Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please greet one another, saints.